So this uh, next talk, would love to uh, just talk about deliverance. And, um, you know, I talked uh, at, the last, at the last conference, talked about how, uh, you know, just how you know, we can go to a particular, we can see the particular wounds in our lives and how, how um, the enemy has been opportunistic and he's heaped on lies and judgments um, in that moment. And uh, that we've just carried with us, and just it's part of who I am, you know, kind of assuming that and accepting that. <clears throat> um, and so it can, it's, it's very important, though, to be able to just re- renounce those lies, you know, to, um, to experience deliverance from what the Lord has, um, deliverance from, I'm sorry, from what the enemy has uh, put on us. And, um, and so the, uh, the book, uh, Un- Unbound, um, that, uh, by Neil Lozano, uh, I'm sure many of you, I'm guessing many of you know of the, um, the uh, just a practical guide to deliverance, Neil Lozano. It's pretty well, pretty well known in our diocese uh, ministry uh, that's just really... Uh, taken off and is awesome, very good, um, and um, and it really is a we could say um, delivering people from and that ministry is really delivering people from those lies and um, which is very important. And so this, um, you know, I see these two books going very well together. Okay, be healed and and unbound. Um, I think, I mean, they both, Neil and, and Dr. Bob, they both, um, they work together on various things, and so they are very much aware of each other's ministry and, and collaborate on a number of things. And But uh, the deliverance is important, like I say, to uh, get at those lies and, and just um, and just have the Lord break them down and just destroy them, really. Uh, when I was on an eight-day Ignatian retreat uh, a year ago in July, um, we had Doctor Doctor uh, Father Dennis Brown, who is an oblate of the Virgin Mary, um, OMV, and uh, you may know Father Timothy Gallagher. He's the one who wrote the Sermon of Spirits. And uh, so they're both in the same religious order. And their order was started by uh, Bruno, uh, blessed Bruno Lanteri, um, who, uh, or venerable Bruno Lanteri, I don't think he's blessed yet. I could be wrong on that. But anyway, the whole point being to share the Ignatian spirituality and to lead Ignatian retreats for people. And... um, and so Father Dennis Brown is a member of that order, along with Father uh, Timothy Gallagher. And uh, Father Dennis Brown is a very, he's a specialist in leading Ignatian retreats. And if you've ever had a chance to go on an Ignatian retreat, you'll know, you'd know that just uh, how powerful that is to be looking all the more, just focusing more on Scripture and meet, having the Lord encounter us as we meditate on Scripture. And that in itself is powerful. So I highly recommend, if you haven't already, look ahead to a time when you can do an Ignatian retreat, whether that's a four-day, you know, they have some here, um, or even an eight-day um, 
those are those are powerful retreats. But you meet once a day with the director, <clears throat> and at one point I I um, was talking to him in, in my meeting with him, and I said the enemy, um, you know, just talking about my struggles with the enemy and discerning what the right thing is to do, and um, uh, he looked without. Without, uh, he just looked at me and he said, "Life is war. Life is war." And he said, "That's what it says in the Catechism, paragraph four hundred nine. Life is war." And I thought, I just chuckled at, it. I like you did. I, I was, it was just very matter of fact, and and so, you know, in a certain way, we have to come to accept that this is going to be our. We're going to have a battle. We're going to be battling until our last breath. Um, the enemy's going to have his tactics. He's going to try to um, exert on us and, and affect us with and all that. But, you know, it's important to accept that that is um, part of, it's going to be part of, though, our becoming who we're called to be. It's going to be part of, you know, each victory that we win, okay, is going to humiliate the enemy. And it's going to end up coming to our, end up in glory for us, okay? If we understand that uh, we are in this battle and so on and so forth. Um, later on in that same retreat, I said something similar. I said, you know, just he's relentless. And, um, and Father Brown said, life is short, might as well duke it out. <laughs> and I suppose being a guy that really resonated with me, you know, I don't know, just kind of like, my, you know, uh, but just the way he just put it like, eh, you know, it's, eh, it's just part of life, you know, kind of, kind of just, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, but just, um, he just made it um just kind of uh, what am I disarmed the whole thing by saying, Okay, yeah, this is but it's not gonna it's not going to um um you know, it, it's it's in in God's eyes it's allowed for the sake of our growing stronger, growing in holiness and growing closer to him. And so um uh, and so the more we can make the battle about one victory after another, right? Sure, and sure, we're going to be wounded by various skirmishes along the way. And we'll have to lick our wounds, so on and so forth. But the more we continue to experience victory, the ironic thing is, like I said earlier, the enemy's attacks will be the, more, be the means to our growing in holiness. So it's all going to turn on his head, okay? Um, and so just having just his victory, um, Jesus' victory of having the Son, of, you know, of having um, suffered and died and conquered sin and death for us, the greatest victory of all. Um, we live in that. We, we have been given that victory. And, and so this is um, what we place our hope in. Um, but along the way, we need to start, we have to close doors and windows to, to the way that we've allowed the enemy 
given him a stronghold in our lives, the way that we've allowed him into our lives. And it's time we have to, there's a point where we just have to say, okay, I'm closing the door here. I'm taking back what is mine. Okay. And that's what this book is all about. All right. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Um, but what are the common entry points? Uh, Neil Lozano talks about um, common entry points. Okay. Uh, and one of them being uh, the response to trauma. Okay. The things buried in darkness, he says, have the greatest influence on us. The things we have never told anyone, the things we have not pro- processed in light of God's love for us. In other words, allow the light of God's glory, allow the, the light of truth to shine on it. Um, so that's one entry point. You know, and, and the enemy we know is all about secret. It's all about um, living a secret life and, and don't tell anyone and this sort of thing. Another entry point is the involvement in the occult. Satanism, witchcraft, seances, Ouija boards, uh, mediums, astrology, tarot cards, palm reading, any attempt to communicate with or conjure up spirits. Um, Ghost hunting is a big thing these days. Um, Anything like that is is just just, like throwing the door wide open to the enemy and say, have your way in my house. Just do whatever you want. Okay, so it's important for us to know that for our own lives, but to, to explain that to others, to tell others that as well. Um, another entry point is self-inflicted curses or pacts with the enemy. Um, trying to make happiness for ourselves and, and in the process being frustrated with that maybe and not seeing that God's helping us or anything. And, and so then somebody could um, make a pact with the enemy in order to get the happiness that they're grasping at. And um, make no mistake, the Lord wants to give us happiness. He wants us to be happy, but we need to receive it. We need to be in a mode of receiving it instead of grasping for it ourselves. Uh, Circumstances of birth, he says, is another entry point. Associations and environment, you know, in other words, our friends and the forms of, of, of entertainment, uh, as well as willful sins and, and family sins, okay, are entry points for the enemy. Um, and what he explains, what Neil Lozano says, is that this, um, you know, he looks at it in terms of a door. You know, like we're trying to get out of the door. We're trying to be freed from these lies and, and spirits that have had their way with us or influenced in some way. But it's like a door that has five locks on it. And if you don't unlock each one of the five locks, then you can't go through the door. You can lock one or two, but you can't go through the door. Um, So you have to unlock all five. And what are those five keys, he says? The keys are, first of all, repentance and faith. So right off the bat, um, confessing our sins, repenting to God uh, for our sins. Okay, that's one, the first key. Second key is um, forgiveness. Uh, Big one as well, you know, forgiving others. The third one is renunciation, you know, renouncing these spirits or lies. Okay, the fourth is taking authority um, over them. And and finally saying, be gone. 
Uh, and then the fifth one is the Father's blessing, asking the Father to bless us, uh, not leaving just a void after renouncing these things, but allowing the Father to bless us, asking him to do so. Um, and so obviously confession, the first one, the first key, repentance and faith. Um, the first key, uh, you know, it it uh, lines up very much, obviously, with the whole purpose of confession. And I just wanted to quote Father Gabriel Amorth, uh, who was the chief exorcist in Rome for many years, uh, who said, The devil fears one good confession more than anything else. He fears one good confession more than anything else. You know, again, like I said, allowing the light of Christ to shine in the darkness and in those places that we, we feel like we can't allow him in or are afraid to, okay? That's where he wants to be. That's where Jesus wants to be, in those places. Um, and so, yeah, certainly speaking of, you know, so sacramental confession is huge, obviously, but then um, uh, just being able to out loud, just uh, tell the Lord that I'm sorry for this or for that. Uh, but this also means accepting forgiveness, you know, with faith, accepting forgiveness as a gift flowing from the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, it means allowing God to be the merciful Father that He is, allowing Jesus to be the Son, um, and to be the loving Son and Savior that He is, allowing the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts the way He so badly wants to. Okay. So accepting forgiveness is a huge part of that. Uh, once I've confessed my sins, am I willing to just allow God to be the one to forgive? You know, and and um, but we we can struggle with uh, accepting forgiveness from God. Okay, and we can have a hard time as a result of that, even forgiving ourselves. You know, and it really is it's rooted in pride. Okay, pride gets in the way of our receiving the love, the infinite love of God in our hearts. Now, Neil Lozano puts it very well on page 65. He says, Pride seeks to place us in control, to resist our dependency on God. Okay, we can hear original sin. We can hear the attack of the enemy to our first parents in that. Can't trust him, right? So pride seeks to place us in control, to resist our dependency on God. Now hear this, we would rather be in control than be intimate. We would rather be in control than be intimate. We pretend to be better than we are. We act religious and holy, but we know what is going on inside is a different story. The older brother in the prodigal son parable uh, detests weakness and boasts of strength. Brokenness and desperation are not valued, but looking good and success are. In Matthew 5, Jesus tells us that the poor, poor in spirit, those who mourn, and those who are hungry and thirsty are blessed. The older brother thinks he is never supposed to be weak. The second key is uh, forgiveness and um, you remember how Peter had asked, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? That's in Matthew chapter 18. 
uh, as many as seven times. And he's probably thinking, yeah, that's, that's big of me, seven times. And Jesus says, I say to you not seven times, but 77 times, or 70 times seven. Two different translations. Okay, and um, uh, the book of Sirach, or Sirach, uh, or chapter 27 to 28, um, says, Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. The vengeful will suffer the Lord's vengeance, for he remembers their sins in detail. Forgive your neighbor's injustice, then when you pray, your, sin, your own sins will be forgiven. Should a man nourish anger against his fellows and expect healing from the Lord? If he who is but flesh cherishes wrath, who will forgive his sins? Remember your last days. Set enmity aside. Remember death and decay and cease from sin. Think of the commandments. Hate not your neighbor of the Most High's covenant and overlook faults. Book of Sirach is just awesome for all those tidbits, you know, of wisdom. But that's powerful. Very, um, uh, and there's the uh, the story. I don't know. You may have read in the in the Be Healed book. Um, it's on page ninety eight in the Be Healed book of how um, Doctor Bob was on. He's in Brazil and he was praying with this uh, young gal who had. Um, um, who had uh, like part of her one leg was shorter than the other as a result of a car accident well where she was hit by a car and um, and so he was praying with her and and um, and this is all through the Portuguese he had a translator and um, he said um, have you forgiven the man who hit you and she said no it'd be too painful be too painful and uh, but he eventually by God's grace uh, he eventually and by God's grace brought her to the point where she could forgive this man and um, and he, he talks about how he's holding he's holding her leg in, in his hands and it grows that eight inches in his hand as soon as she forgives uh, just really powerful amazing stuff just the power of forgiveness and how that is how that how how we have no idea how much that is the source of could be the source i'm not making any but you know it could be the source of some physical ailments that we have um and i don't know i can't draw the connections but you know if if that is the case you know we shouldn't be surprised if there's healing of the body when we are doing this, when we are forgiving others. Okay, so reasons why we don't forgive, Neil Lozano says, are lack of faith or lack of want or lack of desire or a lack of awareness of deep wounds or desire for revenge or fear or pride or failure to take responsibility, um, influence of evil spirits, or lack of understanding of our forgiveness. Um, lack of want or lack of desire probably jumps out for a lot of us where, you know, if we've been hurt very badly, 
we might find it hard to forgive. You know, it's a common experience. It's um, where we have a hard time forgiving. And, um, and so the Lord wants to meet us right there. It's not a matter of saying, well, okay, you're not forgiving this person, so I guess I can't really love you if you're not forgiving this person. I can't really, how can I really love you if, you know, you have to do this in order for me to love you. We've already talked about how that's not who our God is. Jesus wants to meet us right where we're at. If it's in the point of not being able to forgive, well, then we say that. Jesus, I really don't want to forgive. Please help me. I want to forgive. Um, I want to want to forgive, right? I've even heard it said, okay, if we don't have the will to forgive, then ask for that. Lord, give me the, the will to forgive this person. And if we don't even want the will to forgive and say, Lord, give me the will to will to forgive, you know? Um, Father Walter Nolte talks about that being a very, he's a priest, the priest at uh, St. Patrick's in Fremont. Told the story of how a man did just that and he was healed of, you know, they had led, this prayer team had led him Took, took, taking these steps to forgive his brother for something that he said he could never forgive his brother for. And we don't judge him. We understand how that could be so, you know, there's so many things that, you know, we can look back in our own lives and find hard to forgive. But this prayer team said he was, and this man was crippled when he walked into the prayer service. And um, eventually, though, he was, by God's grace, led to forgive his brother. And part of it was doing just that. Okay, can you ask for the will to will to forgive? Okay, can you now ask for the will to forgive? Can you forgive your brother? And when he did, he forgave his brother. He walked out of that healing service. Um, and it was just um, shows us the power of forgiveness. Um, and so forgiveness does not mean, though, letting them. It's not saying, okay, this was no big deal. It really didn't affect me. It really didn't hurt me. Um, and I really should just get over it. But I, I forgive you. And no, I mean, it's, uh, we don't let the person off the hook. They still have, you're just, we're just handing the judgment of that over to God. We're just saying, Lord, I give you judgment of this person. I, I hand that over to you. I'm not, uh, not going to burden myself with that. Um, and um, <clears throat> it can be helpful too if we can't forgive the person, or if we can't really go to a person, and you know maybe they're deceased, or maybe they are um, in another part of the world, or something, or we don't know where they're at, and but they've hurt us deeply in the past. You know, one of the things we can do is in prayer mentally think of that person, imagine that person, and just be looking at them, how, however we remember them. And, and not in an angry, vengeful sort of way, but just to say very clearly what they did to us, just express every detail. And then at the end of that, say, uh, in, you know, I, you know I, this is what you did to me, then you did this, you did this, you did this. In Jesus' name, I forgive you. Um, so that can be powerful. That can be helpful to mentally and prayerfully do that. 
Um, and then there's also the importance of forgiving oneself. Okay, and Neil Lozano touches on this as well. He says, to forgive yourself is simply a declaration that you are in agreement with God. That you will not hold yourself to a higher standard, to higher standards than God. And you will not demand of yourself more than he does. We forgive ourselves the same way God does, on the basis of the mercy poured out in Jesus. We know we have forgiven when we begin to realize that the person who has offended us really is really a source of blessing. Or, if we're not at that point, to be able to say, I can... I, I want them to be blessed. You know, that's the point where we can notice where we've been, we've actually forgiven or we've, um, um, we realize, well, we, we can just say that the person, we, we wish and we pray for that person's good. If we can come to that point, if we're at that point, then we can say that we've really forgiven. But, um, that those words of his, uh, you will not hold yourself higher. You know, forgiving yourself is not holding yourself to a higher standard than God, demanding more than what he does. And that, that resonates with me. <clears throat> okay. Um, so an hinder, a hindrance to forgiving um, is uh, is self justification, okay? Self justification, uh, pride, self reliance, being our own savior, okay? Uh, Neil Lozano in this other book, um, in this book here, Unbound Ministry Guidebook, okay. Uh, He says this. He says, uh, sometimes, as you can see, self-justification sometimes shows up as striving, but other times it is recognized by the inability to forgive oneself. Many people believe firmly that God has forgiven them, but they cannot forgive themselves. They may say, how could I have been so stupid? Or I can't believe I did that. This, too, is self-justification. Then he says this, This self-justification comes from the pride that wants to be good enough to be deserving rather than forgiven and loved. Okay, so self-justification comes from the pride that wants to be good enough to be deserving rather than forgiven and loved. And again, if, if that resonates with us, then we bring that to Jesus. And... Um, okay. I don't, you know, I guess in my, in, when I look at, um, my, my own life where, you know, there's there's times where I've been reluctant. You know, I've even asked Dr. Bob this. Okay, why is it hard for me to accept 
why is it hard for me to accept um, affirmation or, or um, um, compliments? Why is it hard for me to accept compliments? Or why is it hard for me to um, give compliments? You know, why, why is that hard? And, you know, his comment was it probably goes back to um, because he knew my story and um, that my dad wasn't all that affectionate. He wasn't, you know, I mean, he loved me in many, many ways, but not like outwardly affectionate. I probably didn't get into embracing my dad until I was a deacon, okay? Um, and um, uh, and then also just experiencing um, uh, some reward kind of love, you know, especially with regard to good grades and, and having getting good grades and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, Dr. Bob's point was that, okay, to protect our heart, and we have to reserve the, the, you know, we have to reserve the right. And it comes from a pride. We have to reserve the right of whether or not I am worthy of that compliment that somebody gave me or I, and, and, or whether or not I'm deserving of the criticism somebody made. Okay. And so it, it, it's, it, but it's rooted in a pride um, because of protecting the heart. And um, so, anyway, for what it's worth. Okay, the third uh, renunciation of lies, the third key, renunciation of lies and judgments, uh, just renouncing them in the name of Jesus. Neil Lozano says that this has to be spoken out loud, okay? Because if we're closing doors and windows to the enemy, um, he has to hear it. And that has to be done out loud. Okay, and it can just be under the breath. It doesn't have to be shouting from the rooftops. But it's um, out loud. And part of the reason for that is because the enemy cannot read your thoughts. He can't read our thoughts. Um, Just, you know, and that to me was just a big revelation when I first heard that. Thinking, really? He can't read my thoughts? Why? How? He can introduce a thought. He can introduce something. He can, even, he can even introduce a good thought for the sake of getting us to turn in on ourselves. And that gets into the discernment of spirits uh, so well taught by St. Ignatius. But, but um, he can't read our thoughts. He's the, he's the world's best educated guesser because he's a fallen angel and he has uh, intellect like nobody's business, like you know we do not have. So he knows everything that we've he's seen. He can, based on how we've reacted in this situation, based on what we've done in that and whatever, um, or in our sins, in our past sins, he can make a guess as to, based on you know, just looking at the situation I'm in now, what Craig Doty might be thinking or what might hook him in this scenario. Okay? Um, but he can't read what's going on in my mind. Okay? That's powerful to know that and powerful to understand that um, he's not as, uh, the enemy is not as powerful as we think he is. And um, somebody once said, he's like a moth flying towards the sun, okay? And, um, you know, it's, it's because we live our lives in Christ um, that we can stand firm and um, reject his 
his ways and his enticements. So then the fourth key is authority, taking authority, and that's just simply one statement. Neil Lozano says it really just takes one statement. After renouncing different spirits and different lies um, that come to mind for us, then we can say, in the name of Jesus, I break the power of every lie, judgment, and spirit I've just renounced and commanded to leave right now and to be placed at the foot of the cross or to be judged by the precious blood of the Lord. But in the name of Jesus, I break the power of every lie, judgment, and spirit I've just renounced and commanded to leave right now. And then finally, the Father's blessing. You know, receiving the Father's love um, in the name of Jesus. And um, Regarding the discernment of spirits, so um, I went through the five keys, but it's also helpful to um, to be familiar with the um, the fourteen rules, and there's other rules, another eight rules, I believe it is, on the discernment of spirits, the rules of discernment. And this book here, I'm sure many of you have seen it or read it, even is very good. The Discernment of Spirits, an Ignatian Guide for Everyday Living by Father Timothy Gallagher. Okay. And, uh, you know, those... So uh, I'm not going to go into the whole story of how these rules came about, St. Ignatius's rules, but it's definitely a gift to the Church. In fact, when I first heard these rules and first um, read about them, I thought, where was this in the seminary, you know? And I thought, you know, everybody needs to know this stuff. I mean, it's just basic, basic stuff. Now, and um, the gist of it is, okay, first of all, you know, like we were talking about earlier, how we're in a battle. We're in a battle, and um, the gist of the book here, and, and just being aware of the fact that we're on this, you know, maybe we think that our our spiritual life is just supposed to be this kind of, like climbing up the mountain to heaven, you know, like it's just constantly this way, when actually it's more like a wave going up, you know, where we have consolation, we also have desolation in our lives. And that truth, that basic truth, is so helpful to us because there's so many times where we, and we don't, we don't, we can't explain it. It's like, okay, yesterday I was feeling great, prayer was awesome, today, I feel dry. I feel like there's nothing going, you know, nothing stirring in my heart. I've gone from consolation to desolation in two days or a day, you know. And so it's, and then consolation will come again, okay. But uh, you know, just understand that we're on this kind of wave. It's normal as a Christian to experience this wave of consolation, desolation. I think it's so important for people to know because so many times we might just attribute the desolation to something we did. I mean, it could be the result of sin, um, but not necessarily. Um, you know, like I said, we have an enemy who wants to take the joy of the Lord from our heart. And so St. Ignatius says, you know, three, three, uh, there's basically three principles where we have to, uh, three steps, I guess, if you want to put it, 
be aware, you know, be aware of what's moving in our heart, okay? Understand where it's coming from and then act on that, okay? So be aware. So looking at what's going on in the heart, is there sadness? Is there joy? Um, and then, um, you know, just there could be a number of things. Uh, what are the emotions? You know, how did they start? Where did they come from? Being aware. Understanding is coming to a realization of whether this is coming from God or whether it's coming from me or whether it's coming from the enemy, okay? So it's one of those three, okay? I'm just looking at a desolation, you know, feeling sad, you know, not really, it's kind of mysterious, you know? It could even be you're just having a great, day and you walk into a particular room and all of a sudden it's just kind of sad and you're going, what's going on here? Um, but understanding that, okay, it's either, you know, there's something from God or it's from me or it's from the enemy and then accept or reject it based on that. Okay. That's the act. The third one is to act based on that. It's important to remember that desolation is never from God. Okay. It's never from God. And uh, just to share a little bit of what these rules sound like, okay? Rule number one, the first rule, in persons who are going from mortal sin to mortal sin, the enemy is ordinarily accustomed to propose apparent pleasures to them, leading them to imagine sensual delights and pleasures in order to hold them more and make them grow in their vices and sins. In these persons, the good spirit uh, uses a contrary method, stinging and biting their consciences through their rational power of moral judgment. The second rule, in persons who are going on intensely purifying their sins and rising from good to better in the service of God, our Lord, the method is contrary to that in the first rule. For then it is proper to the evil spirit to bite, sadden, and place obstacles, disquieting with false reasons, so that the person may not go forward. And it is proper to the good spirit to give courage and strength, consolations, tears, inspirations, and quiet, easing and taking away all obstacles so that the person may go forward in doing good. Okay. And the rule number five is so important. Rule number five is in time of desolation, never make a change in the spiritual life. Okay. Never make a change in the spiritual life in a time of desolation. Okay, so just to give you a taste of what those keys are, again, you're welcome to get that book. It's I think all three of those go very well together. Um, I think you know I think it would just be good for us to do kind of a corporate um, un I'm not going to call it an unbound session, but a corporate um, renouncing of things. Okay, it can be kind of powerful. Uh, where we just, uh, we have our Lord Jesus here in the Eucharist and, um, and just going back to those five keys, using that as our guide, if you will. And um, for those first two keys, both uh, repentance and faith and also the um, renunciation. Um, with both of those, we'll just... Uh, 
mean, you can just, you don't have to say anything. You can just, uh, out, uh, under your breath if you want to. Um, if, um, when we go through those, but, uh, and then I'll just lead us through some renunciation of some lies and, and if it doesn't apply, then don't you don't you don't have to say any of this. Just if you want to, okay. If it's if it's it's on your heart to re- repeat these things, okay. I'm not asking you to, not forcing you to. Just you know, if it's the desire of your heart to do this, okay. And um, so right now we have our Lord Jesus present, exposed in the Blessed Sacrament. The rays of his love are just um, shining and just directed out towards each one of us. And um, his divine mercy just radiating out from that sacred host, just aimed right at our hearts. And so maybe there's, we just pause and just say, Lord, initially here, uh, we just say, Lord Jesus, please bring to mind for us uh, something that uh, you want us to ask forgiveness for. Please bring to mind for us something you want us to ask forgiveness for. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Okay, so I'm going to, you can repeat after me, and then when I come to what it is we want to ask forgiveness for, then you can just, under your breath, if you desire, if you want to do that, just under your breath, you can say it, okay? Jesus, together, Jesus, forgive me for just whatever it is. Come, Lord, just come, Lord Jesus, please. Come, Lord Jesus, come, Jesus, just heal us. Bring healing there. And then, um, Lord, we now do we just ask you, Lord Jesus, to bring to mind for us that there's somebody that you think we need to forgive or that you want us to forgive or that just it's been on our heart or please put on our hearts, Lord, um, the name of someone or a group of people, whatever it is um, that you want us to forgive. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Okay, so we can just say, 
together. And then again, you just end, you know, with something under your breath if you want to. In the name of Jesus, I forgive. And whoever that person is. Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit. Okay, then the third key, if you will, um, we can renounce. We want to renounce um, any lies, you know. And, and so if it doesn't apply, then you don't have to say it or you, know, you don't have to participate. It, you know, it's not a requirement in this retreat. But if the Lord puts it on your heart, okay. Uh, and you just, just repeat after me, okay. Um, in the name of Jesus. I renounce the spirit of pride. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of anger. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of lust. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of greed. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of sloth. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of gluttony. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am not loved. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am unlovable. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am not beautiful. In the name of Jesus, I renounce self-righteousness. In the name of Jesus, I renounce judgment. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I have to measure up. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I have to earn the Father's love. So if there's anything else that comes to mind for you, you could just say that under your breath, you know, just using that same formula in the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie or I renounce the spirit, okay? And then we can just take authority. Um, in the name of Jesus, I break the power of every spirit and lie that I've just renounced and I command it to leave right now and to be placed at the foot of the cross to be judged by the precious blood of Jesus. Come Holy Spirit, come, come Lord.
Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. going to pray a prayer of blessing. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would make your love all the more known to us. I just, I praise you and I bless you. I thank you for the ways that you're working in our hearts, the ways that you have um, guided us in this retreat. Heavenly Father, thank you for the, um, the ways that you have um, allowed us to love um, our fellow retreatants. Um, I just pray, Heavenly Father, you just pour out blessing upon everyone here. Just lavish, Lord, your blessings upon them. May they just experience, um, like never before, your love for them. May it just be known to them, not just in mind, but in heart. Just fill them up, Heavenly Father. Fill them up with your spirit, that spirit of joy, spirit of peace, spirit of love. Heavenly Father, just ask that you would um, just fill our hearts You are the only one who can satisfy our hearts. You're the only one who can fulfill the desires of our hearts. So Heavenly Father, just ask that you would meet us right here, right now, and place your hand upon each one of them. Bring healing. Fulfill the desires of their hearts, Heavenly Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.